Okay, what you guys don't know is that I started this podcast maybe 30 seconds ago, but the gain was way too high, and so like my my vocals were like really loud. So is, is it because it's Friday and it's your day off? It's my normally? day off. Yeah, yeah, and so things aren't You're just amped up. I know. Usually, I don't do this on Fridays. Usually, some of you have just been waiting around all week, just waiting. When is the new podcast going to drop? On bated breath. That's it. And now you've waited long enough, and now you get really loud vocals from me. So, <laughs> so Sean, tell me. Yeah. How is your March Madness bracket? It's better than my kids and my wife's. Yeah? Yeah. So I always pick with my heart. Yeah. So I'm always rock chalking it up for the, the Jayhawks. Jayhawks. So, they uh, they are up against uh, Providence today. They I mean they they honestly they had the easiest way to the final four. Yeah. They had the easiest bracket. Nothing's so, easy in March. Yeah, That's so Gonzaga would they, tell you. If they, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I actually watched part of that game. Um, I just not you know, it's weird Gonzaga, especially like when you're in the Midwest and you hear of a of a of a team called like Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. And you just know they're somewhere not in the Midwest. Right. You're like, is this a legit team? And like in those 90s, there's like, you know, they, they kind of surprised everybody. But now they're like kind of like a perennial powerhouse. Right. They just keep cranking out some good teams, but, uh, but they, still they just can't, can't make seal it. the deal. I know. They can't get there. But I thought this was their year. I put them all the way and uh, they let me down. And all the and all the while, you know, Mike Krzyzewski, you know, yeah. on his last, uh, his last tournament Swan here, song. somehow he's... He got annihilated in the ACC tournament, but he's making it, and they're in the Elite Eight. So apparently, it built some character. So we, uh, so my my bracket is doing okay. Um, I didn't. I think I have three of the four Final Four teams. Good for you. I so, think I've lost all four of my Final yeah, Four. So yeah, yeah, I'm still hanging in there. But uh, I did have a friend one time that I think was like in the top like three or four hundred in like wow everywhere. Um, but then he quickly dropped out of the ranks. But that's pretty cool because there's that's, like millions. That's millions. awesome. So yeah. Asher's bracket. We told uh, we talked about Asher's bracket last time. He had the Connecticut um, UConn Huskies. Huskies. Yeah. Yeah. Just because the dog emblem. Yeah, sure. They lost the same round. So yeah, yeah. So March Madness, go KU tonight. Yeah, you might as well just cheer for somebody you like at this point. Can we say something else that I'm sad about though? Well, let me guess. Would it, it would be? have to do with football. Yeah, maybe so we, somebody in red oh, that's not wearing red anymore. No, I know. How do you go to the Dolphins? Oh. What? Yeah, that hurts. Oh my! I'm sorry goodness. for your loss. Oh my goodness, Tyreek Hill. And and it's it's just like I I don't really care that much about it, but I my kids love him because sure. he's the cheetah. Yeah. And he's like the fastest dude out there, yeah. and so my kids like him, and um, so I tell I told him yesterday I said. I started off, I told Asher, and he was sad, but Elijah's really into cheetahs these days, and uh, he's actually working on a PowerPoint. He's, Mrs. Van Dyken is teaching him like PowerPoint or something in school, and his presentation is going to be on cheetahs, and I had to tell him, I'm like, hey, dude, um, you know Tyreek Hill? He's not with the Chiefs mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. He's like, why? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, but, I mean, they picked up five draft picks, so. They're going to be okay, but yeah. it's still hard. I it mean, is, yeah. the Braves just lost Freddie Freeman, and, and yeah. he's a first-name basis in my household. And yeah, yeah. I was almost sad to tell my kids they took it a lot better than, than I did. Yeah, 
So, so what do we do with these things? It's almost as if we need to be consoled by the idea that God is sovereign. You know? <laughs> that was <laughs> a great the, segue. There's the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll just talk sports forever. Yeah, it's right. easy. So, yeah, God. We talked about the sovereignty of God on on Sunday, and obviously, it's a massively broad topic. Yep. Um, you could probably go to, you know. You could probably flip over to any page in the Bible and like see evidences of it. Um, so where do you go? We we went to Isaiah um, forty six because it's kind of like the 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 premier passage I'd say that if you want to talk about God's sovereignty and what He's capable and able to do um, with uh, with things in His creation. And so we looked at at, um, at Isaiah forty six as our base text and and considered some things. So yeah. Talked yeah. about playground. Playgrounds. Playgrounds. Seesaws. Seesaws, swing sets. Pump those legs on the swing. Because that's, I think that's the thing is like the ten. and I wanted to give the congregation the ability to feel the tension is like, you know, are we fatalists, right? Is it is everything just determined and so just do whatever you want to do? Well, that's going to lead bad, right? Do we have any responsibility in this? Is God sovereign or am I responsibility? Or do I have responsibility? And, and I talked about... Um, how like at a playground, most of the things that are fun kind of move in opposite directions, you know, so like a, a teeter totter is fun only if you can like move in opposite directions and swing sets are fun if you can only move in opposite directions. And we talked about farmers, if you need to move hay bales from, you know, the ground level up to the hay loft, you utilize the, the pulley, right? And so there's from our vantage point, it looks like there's two ropes, but they're connected in some way way up high. And in order for those things to work, there has to be tension on both of them for them to be productive. So yes, God is sovereign. Yes, humans are responsible to respond to the directives that Scripture gives us. So right, yeah. I think the concept, the truth of God's sovereignty, it's really easy to accept and come alongside when things are going well. We're like, yeah, of course, God's on the throne. Look at my life. I am so blessed. Hashtag blessed. Yeah, yeah. But then when things aren't going so well, it's like, uh, I don't know about this whole sovereignty thing. Certainly God missed something. He's not really paying attention. Yeah. He, maybe he took a nap. I don't know. But yeah. I don't understand how this is going to work out for, for good when Romans 8.28 says mm-hmm. all things work together for good. Right. I don't see where this is going to fit into the picture, God. Right. And I think that's and that's where the tension is. I think I think in Scripture is honest with that, too. Um because we don't, we, we chatted just a little bit about this beforehand, but I think the only thing that can console us in those moments when everything is just feels like a downward spiral is that there is a sovereign God behind all of this who's working out a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, because we showed, I mean, we showed a, a, you know, kind of like a graphic, you know, kind of horrific video um, about people going through persecution. And it's like the the thing that actually sustained those people was their belief that there was a purpose in their suffering. Um, you know, I think that's what you see in the life of Joseph, right? In in Genesis 50, when you finally get to the end of the whole narrative, right? After 13 chapters of like just really bad stuff. Right. He's like, you, you meant it for evil. Um, like you intended it for evil, but God meant it for good to preserve people and to preserve mm-hmm. life and the, and obviously the seed line for the coming Messiah. So, um, but in the midst of it, you don't see the purpose. No. Right. You don't see it. And I don't, I don't know if we're going to necessarily see it now and potentially even maybe in the future. Right. I think sometimes we try to shortchange God and say, well, w- 
this happened and this is really bad, but this is the, this is the result and this is what's going to be good. I'm like, well, how do you say that? Right. How do you know? How do you know if that's it? Because maybe God's going to do something even bigger and better that you don't even have a concept of yet, you know, and maybe you never know. So, and I will say this, that, excuse me, as long as our focus is actually on the kingdom of God and his purpose, that it's for his glory, as the Old Testament says repeatedly over and over and over again, I do this for my glory. Yeah. It's not for me. It's not for Sean, but it's for God and God alone. Then I think it's easier to accept those dark times that, yeah, there is a purpose and it's for God's kingdom. It's not to make me happy or more comfortable. Right. Yeah. And if I'm going to be uncomfortable for God's glory, for his kingdom, Mm -hmm. that's where my perspective should be. That's where my focus should be. Yeah. So I think, yeah, when you, when you look at that passage, cause you're like, well, how could God be in charge during these hard times? Well, in that passage, the word, the word for purpose or, um, uh, yeah, the, the Hebrew word for, that's translated as purpose is really the word pleasure. It's kafetz. Mm. Like God has a delight in what he brings about happening. And so like, well, that's weird because right before that, it says calling a bird of prey from the east. Well, birds of prey, like they have the ability to like capture you and like carry you off and mm-hmm. devour you and like eat you. Like yeah. that doesn't seem to be very good, right? Yeah. Like that, but but God takes a pleasure in that. And like, that's one of those secret things. I don't understand how that works out, um, but that's what scripture is going to tell us. And we're responsible at the same time to to obey what he's called us to do, right. you know, for his glory. So, yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's a tough, heavy topic. And and the thing that I mentioned too is like, well, what good, we, we can identify that, yes, God is sovereign. We get it. Yes, we can see that God, that God has placed commands on us that we have to obey and respond to. But what good is it if God is sovereign, if he's not also simultaneously good? Mm-hmm. That's what we, that, I think that's where we really struggle. We yeah. might struggle with the tension between human responsibility and sovereignty and become fatalists. But I think the bigger tension is it's very scary if God is sovereign and not good. Right. If he's not bound by his goodness, then I don't want to exist in his universe because I might just be obliterated by a lightning bolt for any reason at any time, right. whether deserved yeah. or undeserved. Yeah. So that's why I said, let's go over to the monkey bars, you know, of the playground and, and you kind of have to hold on and you propel yourself forward. It's like a holding on mm-hmm. to God's sovereignty and his goodness and his sovereignty and goodness. And sometimes you got to stop and take a breath and hold on to both at the same time. Um, and uh, so the question then is, well, is he? Well, that's why we went to the life of Jesus, mm-hmm. who said that he um, was the good shepherd. Well, what does a good shepherd do? Well, he lays down his life for his sheep. Right. Okay, so you went through suffering too, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, and you did that for me so that I wouldn't have to go through it? Okay, I can see that you're good. Yeah. You know, so right. otherwise, if you go through those times and God's not good and God's not sovereign, then, man, I don't want to exist in this world. Right. That's a horrible way to yeah. live, yeah. you know? So anyway, those are some of the things we talked about. Good word. Yeah. Sovereignty. So what's next week? Well, you know, and the other thing too, sovereignty. We're once I got into it, I was like, "There's no way we're covering all this stuff." So <laughs> we're gonna do, <clears throat> we're gonna do sovereignty revisited. Um, <clears throat> Is that sorry. like a remix? Remix at the end of the sermon series at some sometime in late May or June, 
because there's just too much stuff to go through. And I want to give some per- personal examples about when I had to just trust God's sovereign plan in the midst of really hard times. Yeah. And so I want to share some of those things from my life and hopefully we'll get some testimonies from other people as well. And hopefully we'll be encouraged. But this next week is God's omniscience. Mm. So God knows all things. He knows all yeah. things past, present and future. He knows all things actual and potential. He even knows the next time you're going to sin, Scott. Probably won't be long. I know. <laughs> that, I mean, and you're like, well, that could be scary, but actually he's made great provision for that, yeah. you know, and, and that's the, the, the atonement even covers that. And I'm like, whoa, that's really comforting. Yeah. It's not as scary as I thought it might be. Right. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to take a little bit of a, a different angle this week, which I'm really excited about. Um, there's this for here. Can I give a little teaser? Let's hear it. So this is a thing that got me this week. Psalm 145 verse 16 says that you open up your hand and you satisfy the desires of every living thing. Mm. So this is what intrigued me this week. If you have the capacity to satisfy the desires of every living thing, that means you know the desires of every living Mm. thing and Mm. then have made provision for those things to be satisfied in every living thing from plants, animals, humans. Yeah. All those things have desires. So we're going to talk about all those things this week. It's kind of like a mod podge. We're going to talk about how God brings water to the earth, how he brings uh, uh, sound into our ears and uh, kind of sight into our eyes. And then um, how he learned how to become uh, like us, which is weird to think that God had to learn something. There's one thing that God had to learn, and that was he had to learn uh, what it was like to be a human. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why the incarnation is there. And he learned obedience through that, which he suffered. Yeah. So if you've ever experienced suffering and you're wondering if God knows what you're like, he's, he had to learn that lesson too. Yeah. So it's going to be, I'm excited about it. I already have a lot of questions. So I, I'm I know. looking forward to hearing <laughs> yeah, how yeah. you're going to reconcile all that. Oh, and there's, yeah, there's a whole bunch there. And then, and then the benediction is just hopefully going to be an encouragement too. Cause I was trying to think about how is this an encouragement and also not a scare tactic, but like intense stuff, because there's one thing that also we, we read about in the new Testament that God says he doesn't know. Hmm. And uh, so that's just a little teaser out there. So what's the one thing that he doesn't know? Um, Find out on Sunday. So can't wait. All right. We'll see you guys on Sunday for equipping our, we're going to be talking about depression uh, and then we'll be talking about (laughs) God's omniscience. So it's going to be a power pack Sunday. Yeah. Sounds lovely. All right. We'll see you guys. Take care. Bye.